Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Hardware Podcast. My name is Jackson Danner, alongside my good friend Omar Borja. And today we have a special guest, actually for the second time, Neil Bordreau, quarterback, punter, wide receiver maybe to add to the resume here, and certainly NFL draft prospect uh, that we're looking at. So Neil, how's it going? Uh, It's going good. Uh, Happy to be here again on this Monday night and just excited to uh, share my experience. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you weren't aware already, uh, Neil participated in the HBCU Legacy Bowl, uh, which was on the NFL Network with uh, Bucky Brooks and Steve Weishaw on the call. So got got the big lights treatment. Right. So uh, awesome to watch Neil. And yeah, let's get into it. Absolutely. I mean, we saw we saw Neil on the TV and we're like, we like Leonardo DiCaprio, like pointing the TV screen. Like that's our guest. I know that guy. I know that guy. <laughs> so it was, it was pretty. It was pretty awesome. Pretty sick. Um, and yeah, I can't wait to get into it. Um, so Jackson, you want to take first question or? Yeah, absolutely. I'll go. I'll go ahead and head on first. Uh, so Neil, uh, first time we noticed you was for the coin toss as a team captain. Man, how how do you get picked for that? that? That's awesome. That in an All Star game, and up you know representing the representing the team. So was it kind of players, coaches that selected that? Kind of how that come about? Uh, I think the coaches actually um, ended up selecting it, and it was it was awesome being out there for the coin toss because uh, Pat Mahomes was out there and stuff too. So it was just pretty cool knowing that uh, it was on national television and. Also very cool to be selected by the coaches to be a, uh, a captain of such a historic, um, just big game with all those players out there. It was, it was super cool. Absolutely. I mean, you mentioned Patrick Mahomes. Um, were you kind of sad that Jackson Mahomes wasn't there for the coin toss as well? Or, <laughs> uh, Yeah, I mean, I, I heard some guys say he was in the stands, but uh, I, don't, I don't know how true that was. But it was – it was cool, um, obviously, with Pat Mahomes out there because uh, he just said what's up to all of us, but he seemed like super down-to-earth guy, which is pretty cool, obviously, with all of his accolades and stuff like that. Absolutely. I mean, I think it definitely, like, uh, go, I guess, contradicts the portrayal we see on the State Farm commercials with him asking for preferential treatment on his insurance. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's great to hear from you that he's a down-to-earth guy. So Yeah, for sure. So I guess my, my first question uh, regards, um, let me pull it up. So, I mean, of course, we, we know that you're a man of many talents on the football field. Um, how easy was uh, easy or hard was the transition transition from quarterback to wide receiver compared to other transitions you've done before, like maybe safety of quarterback <laughs> and whatnot? Right. Um, so my um, junior year in high school, I played, uh, I played some receiver and then my sophomore year as well. So um it was like, obviously, like a little bit going back to uh, some of my high school stuff, but it was it was pretty fun. Um, it definitely put me in a different perspective, um, a lot a lot less knowledge and stuff on my shoulders in terms of the offense and stuff. So I was actually kind of helping out in the huddle every once in a while, um, just because I had less responsibility. So like, if if someone didn't know the exact route, I felt like um, I I knew that stuff pretty well because. Um, I only had to know one. So uh, it, it was a really cool experience. And um, it just made me feel free out there, I guess. Uh, just was out there playing, talking to the other guys and trying to see what schools they went to and stuff like that. It, it honestly made it, um, made it a cool experience because I was just out there kind of having fun 
and not putting not putting any pressure on myself. That's great to hear. I mean, uh, I feel like we, um, I mean, Jackson and I talk about all the time about it being an audition, really, these all-star games. But, I mean, you know, at the very root of it, it's an all-star game. It's a celebration. It's a, you know, a showcase. I mean, right. uh, part of it is audition. But that's great to hear that it was a fun experience and um, I, that you put your quarterback uh, experience this year to good use <laughs> I mean, for the teammates. I'm sure yeah. they appreciated it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Neil, you mentioned beforehand that Patrick Mahomes was in attendance, and uh, I'm curious, were you able to uh, – a couple of years ago, it might have been last year, I think it was against Baltimore, Patrick Mahomes actually dropped a ball that was thrown by a Travis Kelsey on a trick play. Neil, did Patrick maybe get a chance to come to you for advice on how to go from <laughs> back to receiver? Maybe no, he redraws yeah. that up again? <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately, I didn't. Uh, I didn't chit chat with him too long. It was we uh, just walked over and everyone really uh, got a chance to high five him and just say what's up real quick. So uh, no, nothing like that. But that would have been pretty funny. <laughs> Hopefully, he gets your number, man, because he could yeah. he could use some pointers on that. Yeah, too, for sure. So just saying. <laughs> yeah, should have given my card. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he definitely could have used it right there. Um, I guess uh, back on a serious note. Um, uh, so how different was the scheme uh, ran by Coach Gaither um, in the or yeah Coach Gaither in this bowl game uh, compared to what you ran at Morgan State this year? Was it I mean sort of similar or um, different? Um, <clears throat> so it was the um, the Bowie State offensive coordinator was uh, our offensive guy and uh, offensive coordinator for the game as well, and they were pretty much spread. Um, similar to the, the pigskin game I was in. So pretty simple, um, mostly mirrored routes and stuff like that. I think just obviously so the guys can pick it up quick, uh, like just basic concepts. So uh, pretty similar in terms of like foundational stuff to what I was doing at Morgan, um, which definitely helps a lot in games like that because there's not as much technical coaching. So you kind of have to bring your own uh, understanding of the offense beyond just uh like some lines on a paper so it definitely helped <clears throat> having some of the similar stuff and concepts um the run game we weren't under center at all in the game so uh the run game was a lot more just like uh zone stuff from gun and stuff like that but pass game wise it was very similar to what we were doing at morgan uh just basic like hook flat out slant all that type of stuff so it was pretty good It's good to know because um, I know like a lot of the schemes um, ran in all-star games are kind of like a culture shock to some players. And Jackson knows way more about this than I do, I guess, in terms of like the 31 personnel, like whatever, like the requirements. But um, there weren't any like requirements like that, like um, I guess a tie down on the field all the time or, or, or not. No, um, the only the only requirement I knew of during the game was that the defense couldn't blitz um, and then we couldn't go in motion. And our tight end. um I actually ended up rolling his ankle during practice that week. So we were um, pretty much with four receivers um, almost the whole game. But um, the Southern receiver, number five in the game, uh, basically ended up playing that slot or tight end, whatever you want to call it, H back Y type of role. And he had a lot of catches. So yeah, it actually probably worked out really well for him. You know, as Bucky Brooks said on the on the broadcast, I believe, of the Legacy Bowl, he talked about how you want simple schemes so that you can see these guys play fast 
not have to think about it because you want to see the talent, right? So makes right. sense. Uh, awesome. Not awesome, but glad that kind of worked out for the Southern yeah. receiver that he got a chance to play a lot of Y right. on there. But, um, yeah, absolutely. I'll go ahead and go to my next question, Neil. Uh, so you were snubbed of an HBCU combine spot, right? Uh, right. Uh, Looking at the roster on that, it doesn't look like any other Morgan State players went either. Anyone from Morgan State that we can expect to see on maybe some UDFA trackers that uh, despite not making it to the combine that we, we can expect to see? Um, yeah, there was only – I think there was only a total of three guys who actually ended up um, being true seniors for our team. Um, and the other, the other main guy um, – would be Wesley Wolfolk. He, uh, he played receiver at Hampton university. Um, he actually came in there as a quarterback and then switched to receiver. Um, and then came to Morgan, I think in 2019 was his first year, but, uh, yeah, he definitely, his brother was actually at the game. He played, uh, he played safety at Bowie state and he was at university of North Carolina before that. Um, so his brother played in the game with me, but then, uh, Wes, who he should have been at the game, who wasn't there. Um, he'll definitely or potentially be on uh, some of the undrafted free agent boards and stuff like that, for sure. He was number uh, 83 for us this year. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'll look at some film. I mean, I know Jackson will actually like, I mean, yeah, more, more so him. Like he's, he's Mr. All 22, but, but, uh, yeah. but yeah, no, I mean, it's good. Job. I mean, it's interesting. You, you say that there's only three true seniors and I wonder if that's um, I guess more, of a trend in college football now, especially like with the super seniors caused by uh, the pandemic season. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and then we, we were having new coaches and stuff at Morgan. So um, coaches kind of trying to, um, I guess, bring in their, their guys and stuff like that. When I got into the locker room, I think there was only one guy who had been there all four years. So it was definitely kind of had to rebuild the culture and stuff like that. But yeah, Wesley Wolfolk for sure is a, a name to, watch out for yeah i mean absolutely being player agency I, I'm, I'm all for it but uh it seems like all-star games kind of take a take a hit when it comes to this new era of college football so uh very interesting point indeed um it's going on going on to my next question uh who was the toughest defensive back to sort of go one-on-one -on -one with and i don't know if it was whether whether it's um in practices with uh, team gaither or actually during game time who was the toughest cornerback uh, to go against uh let's see i'd I'd probably say the um during the game it was uh he wore number zero at south carolina state um he played defensive back to be honest i don't know his name but he was he was uh really fast and i, I talked to him a good amount during the week and uh for me personally he was probably the hardest uh to get off of because he was uh like i said he was really fast so even if i would beat him he would uh had I guess good catch up speed and stuff like that so I would definitely say him uh pulled up the roster is that Zafir Kelly by chance yeah yeah yeah, yeah. okay yeah because he wore he wore zero there as well yeah okay well I mean it just speaks to the depth that uh, the Bulldogs had this year I mean of course everyone knows about Jacoby Durant um I mean I was that's honestly as far as I was concerned that was like the only like guy I knew on their defense but um I mean they're truly loaded I mean uh yeah, yeah coach coach Pugh's got some shooters yeah and they were all young too I mean obviously other than these uh the, the corners and stuff like that and then there was a there's a linebacker at the game as well but like their whole D-line I believe was underclassmen so they're definitely going to be good 
in the upcoming years? Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I think the Miak's open, but uh, there certainly is a big dog out there. Yeah, for sure. Neil, I'm curious, how did the uh, conversation go down that you would primarily be playing wide receiver uh, in the Legacy Bowl? Was that a coach's decision? Is that something you approached them with? Kind of how'd that come about? Uh, that's a great question. So I, um, <clears throat> coming into the game, I obviously had wanted to play quarterback. So I went in um, and spoke with the offensive coordinator from Bowie State and uh, asked him, hey, like, you mind if I just sit in on the meeting? Um, and then potentially get some reps in at quarterback this week, stuff like that. And um, <clears throat> so the special teams and receiver coach from um, South Carolina State, Steve Bird, um, he was also the special teams and receiver coach for our team, Team Gaither, during the game. And um, he kind of, I guess, took me with him. So I was with the receivers and with him punting and stuff like that. So then it just kind of made sense. And like I said, some of the uh, one of the receivers had rolled his ankle and uh, tight end as well. So they needed guys and shoot, I'd rather do that than stand on the side. So that's basically how the story went. <laughs> hey, just get me on the field and I'll make a play. Right. That's all right. I have to do is just right. get me on the field. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Exactly. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, just a quick break from the questions. I, mean, I got to say, Neil, I mean, with Jackson bringing that up about you playing receiver and just coming in, I mean, that game might as well have been the uh, 1942 East-West Shrine game at Tulane Stadium and not Yeoman Stadium, having a punter play wide receiver or split end. Um, right. You know, I'm, I'm going to make a bingo card for uh, Obscura for, uh, you know, things we do on the podcast. Obscure historical references will be one of the squares on, on our podcast bingo card. But uh, right. moving on to my next question, <laughs> moving on to my next question. Um, I noticed on, uh, or actually no, I guess, which coaches helped you uh, transition uh, to receiver for this week the most? Was it, um, I know you mentioned Steve Bird. Were there, were there any other coaches that helped with the transition? Um. <clears throat> Yeah, honestly, I'd, I'd say primarily uh, Coach Bird. He, um, he, he played at, um, I believe it was Western Kentucky or Eastern Kentucky um, and actually was in the NFL for five years, he said, um, for the Saints. Um, and he, I think he was a primarily a punt returner there, but he said at his pro day he ran a 4-4. So he was definitely uh, – definitely had uh, – some knowledge and wisdom behind what he was saying. And uh, he just wanted us to go out there and have fun and show we were athletic and stuff like that. So it was pretty cool that he uh, was all for letting me just go out and play receiver because he definitely could have not even acknowledged uh, that I could, I guess. So it was, it was pretty cool that he did that. Yeah. I'd, I'd definitely say uh, coach bird. Yeah, I mean, I guess uh, more with Coach Bird, uh, watching the Celebration Bowl, um, seeing Shaq Davis's performance, definitely like a good coach to have. Um, I, don't, I don't know what happens in the South Carolina State uh, wide receiver room, but Shaq Davis put out some sick moves after his last touchdown. Uh, did Coach Bird um, kind of teach you any, any of those dance moves that Shaq pulled out? Shaq Davis pulled out? Or... No, he, he, uh, he just said celebrate with the team if, uh, if we score, but he didn't. He didn't go into the finite details of uh, how to dance, I guess. <laughs> good, good to know. I mean, because Shaq Davis really, really busted a move, and I may or may not have pulled that move out in a Paso club or two in the in the past week <laughs> or two. But uh, um, okay, back to Jackson. 
I guess the the opposite spectrum of I guess the range of questions. I'll go ahead and go to mine, um, and just stick to football. Omar, come on, man. <laughs> um, I'll go ahead. Uh, Neil, so with the combine, typically in a lot of all star games, you have plenty of scouts and, you know, hopefully a few GMs and all that in attendance, and they'll kind of take you in for questions and all that. Um, kind of, did you get an opportunity to hopefully do that? Uh, to kind of meet with some scouts, get asked questions, right? Was it if you did, was it, you know, personal questions? Was it all X's and O's? Kind of walk me through that. Yeah. So, um, during uh, the evenings on most of the nights, uh, some of the players would uh, go down and speak with some of the scouts. My roommate, um, the tight end from North Carolina Central, went down and spoke to like 10 scouts uh, during the week. I didn't, I wasn't asked to go down and uh, speak with them, but um, when I was at the, uh, at the pigskin game, I did talk to two scouts. Um, I talked to a lion scout as well as a jet scout, um, just kind of chit chatting, but um, we were just going back and forth about uh, football and, and stuff like that and what it was like being a scout and how their time was uh, after uh, stopping from being a player and kind of transitioning into, I guess, their adult life and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, to be honest, I didn't, I didn't get, down, uh, get requested to do any interviews or anything like that with the scouts during the week. But uh, I know it was, like, I think probably, like, 10 or 10 or so guys met with like 10 scouts and then maybe a couple other met with a few, but then I think a lot of guys kind of felt or were in the same boat as me. It seemed like. So what I'm hearing is that post draft, keep your phone close by and expect a call from the let giant yeah. or yeah. giants Hopefully. or lions, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. My, my, uh, I guess coach bird had said he had chit chatted with some of the scouts that knew who I was and said, I was definitely one of the better athletes at the event. Um, but I guess, unfortunately I didn't, I didn't speak with them myself, but hopefully, uh, hopefully good things come from those conversations he had with them. I'll be keeping track of uh gang green nations, uh, UDFA tracker for sure. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Definitely. I would say too with the Lions. I mean, we saw this year Jared Goff threw interception without throwing the football as a. I mean, against the Bears, so they they could use that as much quarterback help as they need. Um, no offense, right. Jared Goff, it just happened. Um, and also, I mean, I, I can see you as a guy that that would bite some kneecaps uh, for for Coach Campbell out there in Detroit. Oh yeah, I, I had to. Yeah. yeah, he's awesome. <laughs> Him and his coffee. <laughs> oh yeah, it, it's unhealthy. It is very unhealthy. Jackson's a huge coffee guy. I, I don't know how he does it because. Uh, I, I just got to limit myself, like, inside, like, in my mind. I just got to limit myself. Three today, right. Omar. Big coffee. That's not healthy. <laughs> that is, this is not healthy. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I guess going on, going on to my next question, again, I know Jackson's talking about, like, the uh, the spectrum of questions that we have. Like, uh, I guess how this is evolving is, like, I'm more of, like, the pop culture guy, and, like, he's the X's and O's guy. But uh, so I noticed that you're on Destroying's video um and he was he seemed to be impressed with your kick uh were you able to talk to him I know he he has stake in one of the FCF teams um you know Jackson's a huge FCF guy I'm a USFL guy when it comes to that but um you know can we can we look for you out in the FCF if, uh, if the NFL doesn't call yeah I mean um definitely keeping all all doors open at this point um yeah and it was it was definitely cool that he was there it was crazy to see 
kind of the behind the scenes of one of those videos and stuff like that. He basically just has a, a guy with a camera follow him around throughout the day. And then obviously they cut out the best clips and stuff like that. But uh, I didn't even know I was on there and then someone had sent it to me. So it was pretty funny to see myself on a video. I think it had like 900,000 views at the time I saw it. So I was like, that's insane. <laughs> like I'm on that video, but uh, yeah, definitely. Like I said, keeping all opportunities open at this point. And uh, I know a, a lot of leagues are starting back up and stuff like that. Um, so definitely a good time to um, kind of graduate and see what's next. Neil, if you somehow find yourself uh, on the Tampa Bay Vipers I, in the XFL, I'll be the first in line to buy that jersey. Absolutely. So. <laughs> yeah, Tampa Bay, that'd be pretty cool. Uh, obviously living there and go to the Bucks games and hopefully Bruce Arians sees me, I guess. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, keep on any door cracked open in Tampa right, right. now, right? So, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Neil, and we've talked a little bit about this before, but I'm, I'm curious to get your take. Who is probably the, the best draft prospect, whether it was at San Diego State or Morgan State, that you've, you've played against at some point? Hmm. Best draft prospect. Um, right now, I'd, I'm just out of who I know. I'd probably say um, – either Daniel Bellinger or, um, or Matt Ariza or even uh, the D lineman Cam Thomas at all three at San Diego state, just cause uh, I think, I think the NFL's kind of realized that SDSU puts out some, uh, some ballers every once in a while. So finding guys like that who just fit in with a lot of teams like DeMonte KZ with the Cowboys right now and Rashad Penny kind of finding his groove with the Seahawks. I think, I think those three guys are uh, like perfect uh, resemblance of kind of what SDSU um, puts out into the league. So I, I think those three guys um, in no, in no order are, are definitely going to uh, make a big impact with some NFL teams this year. And Hey, at least you got to see Trey McBride on the other side of the field, right? right. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, one, <laughs> one guy I'm curious to get your take on um, from SDA, from your time at SDSU, uh, Bill Dunkel, uh, the offensive lineman. Any any words on him after coming yeah. out? <laughs> yeah, he uh, like when he got to SDSU, he was uh, obviously a big recruit and stuff like that. Um, and it, when I, especially when I was at safety, the whole thing was like, don't get dunked. That's what they would say. Like if he really got a hold of you and tossed you around. So it was kind of like the thing you would see it on film all the time. He'd just get a hold of a linebacker, D lineman, whatever, and just kind of throw him. So, uh, yeah, I definitely think, um, obviously he seems more like a run blocking, uh, mauler, I guess they call it nowadays, uh, guard, but yeah, I think, I think if he gets with the right team and, the right coaches, I definitely think he could be a, a very good guard um, in the NFL. He's a, a big guard, too. I think he's like 6'4", six, 6'5", six, and when I was there, he was like 370. So I don't know what he weighs nowadays, but, yeah, I definitely think he'll be a great prospect. Yeah, about, about uh, Will Dunkel, I mean, 
I mean, Jackson mentioned that name, brought back a memory I forgot I had from this past season where um, I'm watching Mexico State, San Diego State. Um, play goes on the sideline, and Will Dunkel has um, the San Diego State bench on top of him. He's on his back, the bench is on top of him. And uh, yeah. our, one, of, one of my favorite calls from um, our friend of the podcast, Rich Waltz, a lot to unpack there. That, that's that's yeah. really all he said. Right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you need the chaos. He's a, yeah. He's a good guy, too. He's a, yeah, he's a good guy, and he was a hard worker there at San Diego State. Local, local San Diego kids. So it was cool that he – stayed and then did so well 20 cents 26 inch vertical at the combine which is just wild yeah. i think it's someone yeah. big jumping that high oh yeah for sure it's it is it's crazy <laughs> a lot of guys a lot of the san diego guys did really really well in the combine which is definitely really cool to see yeah wow i mean i gotta take a second to just think about 26 inch vertical for a Wow. Um, I feel bad about myself, but I, I guess going on to uh, going on to my, my last question. Um, so uh, in terms of the nightlife, uh, New Orleans is like a city known for its nightlife. Were you able to enjoy any of that? Um, how does it compare to the Baltimore nightlife? Um, so the night after the game, I think the game ended around seven and it was like Mardi Gras festivities and stuff like that. But my flight uh, I had to be on the bus to go to the airport at 3 a.m. <laughs> the next morning. So unfortunately, I didn't I didn't go out um, that Saturday night. But um, we did see a lot of the Mardi Gras floats and stuff like that. And we were out um, eating dinner and stuff like that. So it was definitely a very cultural town, um, a lot of food and a lot of history there. Uh, Compared to Baltimore, Baltimore is definitely different. Um, I, I'd say Baltimore is more of a true businessy city, not as much culture and stuff like that. It seems like New Orleans definitely has like um, so much food and the French Quarter and Mardi Gras and all that stuff going on. Um, especially when we were there, such a such a cool time to be there. So um, in comparison, I, I guess I'd say it just seems like there's more culture and history, really in downtown in the downtown area um so it was definitely like a like i said we were hosted well and it, it was a great area to have the game and um i guess i'd say it's more seems more um like more people are out later at least when we were there in new orleans than here in baltimore if you get picked up by baltimore somehow in the udfa process this could be your moment, like Kellen Mond tweeting out, who would want ever want to live in Minnesota? Could be this one <laughs> for you, right? So, <laughs> right. Yeah, what, hey, hey, what do they say? No notoriety is bad or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's something along those lines. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> yeah, I got to say, you didn't really hold back on, uh, on I don't want to say criticism, but um, I, I was expecting something different, like the harbor is cool. Um, I, I guess you're not as much a water guy, so I guess that, qualifies you as an army fan so did you not get the crab cakes down there man come on my mom my mom goes crazy for the crab cakes no i mean we really like it here we uh i'm still out here right now so um like we do really like it the weather's like you think the weather's gonna get cold in it it does a little bit january february and like we really like where we live by the water and stuff like that but i just like the culture and stuff in new orleans does seem like more evident than here like people are more proud of the city of new orleans i'd say 
it seems like. I mean, that makes sense. I guess like the culture, um, me uh, being uh, a resident of a, of a multicultural town myself, um, I kind of do see that with El Paso. <laughs> Um, and, and I mean, shoot, I guess, I guess we got to make it a habit now. I mean, we asked Dyson Roberts, South Carolina state punter about, uh, his experiences El Paso nightlife. But I feel like we got to have a nightlife question with every single podcast guest, Jackson. So that's a, that's going on the bingo card. <laughs> but, uh, but, um, one more, one more question I have is, um, so Dyson Roberts made a claim that he was the hardest hitting punter in the MEAC. Um, after all you played safety at San Diego state. Uh, do you have uh, not to start any punter beef within the MIAC, but uh, do you, do you have a, a rebuttal towards that? Um, uh, he can be the hardest hitting, um, if I'm the best tackler, so it works out. I'll secure the tackle, but he can he can hit harder. That's fine with me. <laughs> I like that answer because in high school, I was definitely a wrap up guy. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there's nothing wrong with being a wrap up guy, it's not right. sexy, but it gets the job done. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Neil, you've been so generous with your time. I appreciate you coming on again. And, uh, man, we'll, we'll definitely be pulling for you throughout this whole process for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I know. I'm certainly excited to hope your name gets called in draft day. But, I mean, shoot, nothing wrong with being a UDFA. Uh, like uh, like like Jackson's guy, Jim Hart, great UDFA quarterback for uh... – <laughs> For uh, for the St. Louis Cardinals, uh, I beat him to the Jim Hart reference. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, I really really appreciate being on and enjoyed it for sure. Oh, thank you. It means a lot. I mean, you you don't have to lie to us. Um, you know, but <laughs> but uh, we we always enjoy your presence. I mean, um, and really any guests we have. But uh, unless Jackson has anything uh, final to say, I'm good, man. Thanks for coming on so much. It's been awesome. Yeah, come on. All right. Yeah, appreciate uh, you, Neil. Definitely. Oh, <laughs> talk soon. Yeah, talk to you soon, man. Um, yeah, that was great. And until next time, peace on the slide, everyone.